Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing a pastor's perspective on discipleship. Welcome back, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, listeners. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. Good. Good. It's a little later. I'm in the living morning. the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> great, bud. <laughs> Go back to the pet peeves episode, and you'll realize why that's so funny. But oh my goodness. <laughs> Whatever. I say that to you every day now. I have had people talk to me already Living about the dream. it. Living the dream. I'm like, great liar. <laughs> That's why all my pet peeves are society. Yeah, I know. Not personal things. I will say mo- many, I think most of your pet peeves were ones that people were like, oh yeah, I also hate that. So yeah, I guess I was unwise in my choices. That's okay. That's all right. Mm. Anyways. Well, today we're back with another pastor's perspective. And this will be an interesting one because this could have been in another vein yeah different but, type of like episode right like biblical uh maybe not so much biblical balance but maybe like a doing things yeah God's way. yeah but we'll talk about why that's different but yeah uh, to start out we want to remind people yeah, please subscribe make sure you give us a review reviews are really important and here's why if you value the podcast when you review it 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 helps other people see it it, right. it tells the algorithms like hey people like this and so that does help a lot yeah. if you um, have an episode that you really like share it with your yeah, friends yeah 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 put it on facebook know. or twitter or whatever you mm-hmm. use there um give us your feedback f4l yeah. at oaklbc.org email us uh, it's it's the letter f the number 4 the letter l at oaklbc.org yes and uh and so as we get into this pastor's perspective, tell me, Brian, why why do you so, think it is? A pastor's yeah, normally perspective? pastors' perspectives, we look at one or sometimes several topics. You know, uh, we like to think of this as um, like uh, the briefing light <laughs> is what we've joked about. Mm-hmm. If you're an Al Mohler yeah. briefing fan, yes. Um, but we like to have good discussion on biblical thinking, uh, how Christians need to live in this world. Yeah. Now, this topic of discipleship, it could have been, like you said, doing things God's way. We could have dug into this really in-depth, you know, as the biblical theology. He, theology. Stuff, yeah. We've done that, though. Right. Not not maybe in a in a formal sense, but in some of our series that we've talked about, man, we've talked about a lot about discipleship. And so I really wanted to have just a discussion about discipleship. I don't want to rehash all that that we've talked about in the past, mm-hmm. but man, there are some things in discipleship. I mean, things that we could just we've talked about, you and me, just yes. just just sitting talking as pastors. And I just want to share my heart on discipleship because I really have some things that I want to say. Yeah, we, we've got some things maybe that we've even seen in the life of uh, church, of, of not just not like just our church either. It's like things we've seen in, in the church culture. Church culture, yeah. Um, I, I think especially since like, uh, you know, the pandemic, but but it's it's not only because of that. I mean, there's a lot involved, and, and it all comes down to this idea of making disciples and and. Man, it, that's so important, and we want to help people um, maybe get back at it, um, right? Exactly. So, yeah. So let's talk about this. You know, what is we do want to we want to just cover these things. Mm-hmm. Like, what is discipleship? Yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the process of being a disciple or being a follower of Jesus. That's what yeah. discipleship is. Yes. You're walking as a follower of Jesus as a disciple. Now, a lot of times disciple can be a confusing word because how is this related to the disciples, the 12? Right. Yeah. So those were, well, and that's actually a good point because like there are the disciples, the 12 disciples, but 
in the text, as you read through, you see that there are other times where it says disciples, and it's talking about it's a broader group. It's a bigger group. So, so there's this general term that that really just means like a learner, follower, like you just said. But then when we talk about the disciples, these were the specific smaller group of people that Jesus specifically poured himself into. Right. And so, th- but the the point is, they were still his learners, his right. his followers. Everyone is a disciple. Right. Every follower yes. of Jesus is a disciple. And, you know, I really think it's important that we think about discipleship in relation to our sanctification. Mm-hmm. You know, sanctification, we've talked about that. It's the process of becoming like Christ. Yes. The process of holiness, of what God is doing in our lives to make him like him. Mm-hmm. And so how is discipleship related to sanctification? Well, that's that's so important. You know, I, I think one of the things I tell students a lot is I say things like, I am discipling you but you are not my disciple, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's and that's good. an interesting reality in this, in the way that Jesus has, or you know, made the church. We disciple each other, but not to be our followers. Right. We disciple them to be Christ's followers, and and Jesus says this. Um, we are to make disciples. He says this in Matthew twenty-eight. Yeah. He says, uh, verse eighteen. He came and said to them, "All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them." in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Yeah. So so disciples of Christ are Christ's disciples. Well, yeah, we're called to be a disciple and to make disciples. Yes. It is, you're right. It is an interesting uh, thing. As we, as we disciple people, we're not saying, come follow me. Yeah. We're saying, Follow Jesus. Yes. And Paul Paul actually bro- draws that out as like, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. Because he's really just saying, follow Jesus. Right. And I'll show you kind of how that look, what that yeah. looks like. This is such an important uh, verse, this Matthew 28. And I, I know it it, it may be, um, it's one of those key verses and right. it may be overused, but I, I don't think we can understate the importance of this verse. I mean, this was some of the last things that Jesus said to his followers, and it's some of the most important. It's like he's basically saying, I'm leaving. Here's your mission. Yeah. Here's your mission, should you choose to accept yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but he's yeah. saying, this is what I want you to do. Right. Everything that you do as my as my disciple is to go and be a disciple maker. Yeah. And so what are the components he's talking about? Well, the first thing is a disciple maker. He's saying you as a disciple are to be a disciple maker. Yeah. Go. Teach, go. Teach other people. Yeah. Go out and make disciples. Right. Go to everyone and make disciples. Baptize them. Mm-hmm. Baptism is so important. Yeah. That's part of the key of what it that differentiates us as followers of right. Jesus. That's when Baptism. somebody has accepted accept, so if discipleship I think discipleship includes a lot of people talk about evangelism and discipleship. I I normally talk about discipleship because I think evangelism is an included part. Like if you're making an outline, it right. would be discipleship. And then underneath that, it would be evangelism. Yeah. Because that's what make disciples is, is evangelizing. Mm. Baptizing is when they have been converted by yes. the, you know, through the Holy Spirit, they, they then obey Christ yes. in baptism, right? Yes. So that's that is central because if if you never start obeying Jesus, then you're not really his disciple. So that's yeah, the beginning. Yeah, and then he and there's a component in verse 20 says teaching them to observe all I have commanded to you. So there's two things here. Teaching them, so they have to learn, disciples are to learn the word, mm-hmm. but then follow the word. Yes. So it's not just teach them the word, 
teach them to observe the commandments, mm, the word. Mm, to, and do, so, to do it. Yes. Yeah. And so it's learning, it's following. Then yeah, I love good. where it says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mm. This is really leaning into <laughs> us trusting and depending on Jesus. That's right. It's not that Jesus is going physically going away, but his his presence, his yeah. the Holy Spirit. I mean, he is with us right. as we walk through, and so as we walk through life. And so he's saying, "Trust me and depend on me." So a disciple is a, to be a disciple maker. They're baptized. They're learning, following the word, and trusting and depending on Jesus. Those are pretty. I mean, that's pretty succinct. That's pretty good definition yeah. of what a disciple or a disciple is. Yeah, I agree. And and in this, you know, I think. I think we have tried, as Christians, we've tried to really get better at doing this, making sure we, like, really take this seriously and we excel. And then there's other areas in which we just don't do super great job in. What What do you think some of those areas might be that we Well, and I think in church culture, in the, the teaching area is highlighted a lot. You know, it's teaching people and, and encourage, trying to encourage them to do, um, to, to do and observe the Word. I think yeah. that's that's big. I think... Uh, making disciples is where we struggle. You know, it's it's the relationship of taking my faith and imparting it to someone else. I think we we struggle with that. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, discipleship need. You know, we need to be disciples. Need to be disciple makers, and that's that's really really hard because what what you're doing is you are investing in somebody else's life and that means that you have to uh, be a part of somebody else's life and that and that's a little messy well and i know this may this may sound a little harsh but i've heard people say you're not really a disciple unless you're a disciple maker you know because you haven't finished out the process right. i mean part of the process is teaching it says to teach them to obey all that I commanded. So, like, yeah. if you're not doing that, and this if you're is not to making the, disciples, then and this is not just to the twelve. This is to the larger group of believers that were there that was that saw Jesus. That's right. Yeah. This is this was so again. This was to the disciples who were there, but like that includes all disciples mm-hmm. of Christ. Yes. Those twelve became what are known as apostles. Those are the <coughs> ones who were the right. messengers of the gospel. And so, uh, you know, and we are not apostles, but we are disciples. Right. And so we have to be making disciples. Yeah. Too. Why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult for us to be disciple makers? I, I think it's like, like I was uh, saying, you know, it's, it's messy. It's, it's messy to be in people's lives. Um, it takes time. Well, in our it, culture, it takes you giving of yourself. It's weird because in our culture, it's like, I don't want to bother anyone. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to bother them with my, they have their beliefs and I have my beliefs and I just don't want to bother them. Right. And you know, it's like, so you're saying that you're okay with their spiritual condition of not knowing Jesus <laughs> yeah. and dying, going to hell because oh, you don't man. want to bother them. Yeah. Like I would rather, I would rather share the gospel and lose friends than have friends and not share the gospel and they go to hell. Yeah. I, I think, man, that's true. I also think that like, Sometimes our convictions are not very strong. Mm. Like, like, and I'm not saying being, and, and, and again, I'm not saying you're not like talking about rough. Being, I'm yeah. not saying like beat people over the head with the Bible. Right. Or, you're not or, talking about being a jerk for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but no. I'm just saying like if you build a relationship, you share your life, you share the gospel, and they reject that, yeah, that's okay. Right. That, yeah. Um, I heard somebody say like we should be able to say anything. It's not okay, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, I know what you mean. Um, we should be able to say anything to anyone. If because if we say it in a loving way, then yeah. then like we we are doing the right thing. We sh- we can say even hard things in loving ways. It is up to other people how they respond. Right. It's not our responsibility how people respond when we are properly 
lovingly, mm-hmm. humbly, yeah. telling but them the you truth. You will have people that reject. And if That's you right. tell them, listen, God loves you and you're a sinner and you're going to hell. Right. I mean, there will people that will that will look at you and say, you know, yeah, they'll get say out things. of my face. Yeah, and I don't things. want to talk to you ever again. Yeah. And that's that is hard for people. And I think I think that fear and that mm-hmm. um, that fear of rejection, I think that um, desire to want to be liked yeah. and to want to be what's quote normal in our culture yeah. overrides our our desire to follow Jesus. Yeah. Our conviction of this truth. That's the thing I'm asking is. Do you really believe that? Because if you really believe it, then why why are we ashamed to say mm-hmm. it? Um, well, like you just said, our fear of people overrides mm-hmm. our love for the Lord. Yep. Um, so so we really need to fight against this. This is so important. Um, we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Uh, we can't be ashamed of making disciples. Um, but what is the process of disciple yeah, making? Let's talk about number one. We think personally. You know, we become a disciple. There is a personal aspect to this. And a lot of this is with spiritual disciplines, right? Right. You know, right. we think about uh, Donald Whitney's spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. And he has a, a list here where he says, Bible intake, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence and solitude, journaling, learning, perseverance. And, you know, um, this this is a book, and he has he has this all fleshed out in different chapters, and I think it's important for believers to read this. Yeah. These are the ways that we personally grow as a disciple. Right. There is a level where you have to take personal ownership and responsibility of your faith. Right. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, some people talk about it being like a self-feeder, you know. Right. Um, there comes a point in time where, where you have to be able to— um, to, to do that, feed, feeding yourself the word and, and growing in that because, you know, um, your, your relationship with God is between you and God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now, now I will say like, obviously, and we're going to talk about this, but like there, it does include our relationship with other people, but there is, there is a direct connection between you and God through Jesus Christ. And if you are not growing in that, then you're not really growing as his disciple. Yep. And so you have to be invested in that yourself. Nobody else can have your relationship with God for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think there's, I think it's really important. There are so many benefits to personal discipleship. Yeah. I mean, you've got to uh, grow in your faith. You've got to set aside the time to do this. And, you know, we can, we could debate, we could sit here and debate these um, spiritual disciplines and the different lists. I mean, I definitely think we need to be in the word. We need to be praying. You know, we need to be letting, and and God will lead us in a lot of these other things as we go. But if we take serious God's word and prayer, those are kind of two of the biggest things. And for any beginner person wanting to get into it, that's where you start. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And we just talked about, there was a whole series on understanding God's Crazy. word. And before that, a while ago, we had a whole series on what God's word is, what yeah. God's word is and knowing, you know, how, the theology behind that. So if you want to say, man, I want to be a disciple. Yeah. I want to get into God's word. There's good resources. Listen to those episodes. Yeah. Not just ours. I mean, like, I hope that those no, are good resources. Just our episodes. Just ours. No, there's a bunch of stuff out there. There's so, we live in a time where the resources are, yeah. are almost overwhelming. So, so don't let that be an excuse. Now, does a personal discipleship fall short? 
in any, in any way. Yes. And that's where, you know, kind of like I was saying, uh, ultimately we need each other's help and the Bible's pretty clear about this, right? Like, so, you so can't you need the alone. personal aspect, mm -hmm. but you also need a communal aspect. That's and so right. if somebody says, well, I, I learn and grow on my own. I don't need the church. I think that that's a problem. Right. Well, and you're just not actually listening to Jesus when you do that. Right. Right. And that, that's, that's automatically on the face of it false because right. Jesus says, no, to be personally connected to me means you also need to be connected. That's like saying, I have a relationship with my mom and dad, but I hate my brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. I don't think your mom and dad's going to be okay with that. Right. Right. And the same goes for God. Um, and, and part of this is we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we do help each other grow. Mm -hmm. Um, we encourage one another. We build each other up. It's it's how God. It's how Jesus works. We are the body of Christ. So Jesus, some you know, some aspects of our relationship with Christ are necessarily lived out in the church. Mm -hmm. So we have to have this community. Um, what are some reasons why this is so vital? What are some of those aspects? Yeah, I, I just piggyback on what you said. It's just it's really hard to do all of the things that God is calling us to do in His Word to live it out. By yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've got to interact with people. And number one, I mean, to be a disciple and to be a disciple maker, that part is communal in and of yeah, itself. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I mean, Jesus is calling us to, Christianity is a communal faith in mm -hmm. the sense we are a community of believers. Right. And if you don't like the community of believers, then you're really going to hate heaven. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the point. That's so true. Yeah, that's so um, true. So, like... I mean, you have to learn what it means to live in that community, to love people, yeah. um, to to accept people with it, with their shortcomings and, mm -hmm. and all of those types of things. And you cannot do that without being a part of the community. Yeah. And so there's some components that we really, you know, in our church we press into. And honestly, like every church mission, like they phrase things differently, but right. it's, it's all the same to yeah. me. Like I've gotten to this point where I'm kind of jaded against like visions and missions <laughs> because they're all the same. Mm -hmm. they're, lit they're literally all the same mm -hmm. and uh, just rephrased in different words. And so... I know that's my own issues that I'm going through. <laughs> Been in ministry for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Uh, but like, you know, corporate worship is always a part of that. You know, we yeah. need to gather together for worship. Right. We're worshiping the Lord. We're hearing the preached word. That is so vital and so important for, for us, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think, you know, beyond that, there's the idea of, of small groups, yeah. right? You know, we've got to... Um, yeah, because you can come to church and kind of uh -huh. get lost, right? That's exactly I mean, right. You can come there and you can you can attend worship and you can just go and leave and not really have community. That's right. And so what what you need is you need to, and this this is where like bigger churches bigger churches really need to invest in in small group. Um, discipleship plans. I think any size church, but, I, but you're I, right. I agree. I agree. I think it's easier for a smaller church to feel community um, because, because, because it just is easier um, with less people. Is it real community though? Because That's what I'm talking yeah. about in a small group. So you're talking about living life I'm, together, yeah. coming into each other's homes yes. even, and like being a part of yes. each other's lives. That's exactly you're right. right. You're right. And so like in our life group, uh, we, we try to really invest in one another and mm -hmm. care for one another. Um, I've actually been really challenged and encouraged recently. We started a couple new things where we're having people share their testimonies yeah. uh, in our life group. And so, we want Man, to know. That's awesome. Yeah, and that was uh, something that um, Jeff Orge told me. He's the president of Gateway Seminary. I yeah. went to a little conference he was at, 
and uh, got, I, I think the world of that guy. I mean, mm. I would sit there and listen to him about leadership and about like, like, uh, like he's just awesome. Anyway, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, testimonies. Yeah, so we shared our test. We're sharing our testimonies. Uh, we also started praying for, like, we have our normal prayer request list, but we yeah. also started a prayer request just for lost family and friends mm, as well. Yes, yeah. And so we're we're continuing to pray for them, and that helps to encourage us. And so I know, like, <clears throat> my my friends that are sitting here, I know one of the things that they is on their heart constantly is that her mom is lost. Yeah. And I can constantly, I can remember to pray for her mom and I can ask her, how's your mom doing? You know, and, and those times we live life together. We, we love each other. We encourage, you know, just the other day there was, um, one of our members, their daughter had to go into the hospital because of a accident with some medicine. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we were, we were right there praying, Hey, what can we do? How can we help? And, uh, we were, she was commenting in our little uh, group that group chat that we have and and all of our church all of our members were were praying yeah. and so it's one of those things that man we we love each other and we live life together and i i depend like i know that if i needed help if i needed uh something i could call Dude, people in my life group and they would be there for this, me this is what the world misses man like the world doesn't have they the world goes out to bars and parties and yeah. they think that that's life you know like we have people when bad things happen, they really want to help. Well, like, and good things there. we celebrate together. And yeah, and we have good fun times right. together. You guys, I mean, I see the life group. You, my life groups. I mean, healthy life groups are are living life together yes. in the good times and the bad, and we're all pointing each other. Yeah, to Jesus. the meeting, the weekly meeting that we have is there to give intentionality and purpose right. and, and proximity and on, on the Lord. But right. Yeah. But like, that's not all that happens throughout it's so the week. Much more. You know, there was a group of ladies from our life group that were like, Hey, let's go to this concert. They, yeah. they were seeing who could go to this concert together, you yeah. know, and see if it worked. And I know another life group, they go like they're, they're an older, uh, a retired group right. of folks mm-hmm. and they go camping and stuff together yeah, all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like that's, well, cool. they have life group and then they go to Dairy Queen and they I sit know, around. Right. It's like they're together for like four or five hours. I know. Right. It's like, like, wow, they are living close. Dairy Queen down. <laughs> they are living yeah. the dream. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but past that, you know, there's another group, and and this is something that I would love to see. You know, we, we've started kind of investing in this. Mm-hmm. There's in our, a couple in our church. Yeah, in our church. Yeah, we'd like to see what we call D groups. Yeah. Okay, now these are discipleship groups, or some people call them cell groups or accountability groups, but it's a smaller. So a life group can be, uh, you know, what. 10, yeah. 20, you know, it can be a, yeah. a smaller group, you know, you get above 20 or 30 and it, it gets, it, yeah, it doesn't really, you need to spin off a new group. Mm-hmm. But, um, D groups are like three, four five, right. you know, it's a, it's a smaller group. So maybe a group of guys or a group of ladies and, um, you're really encouraging each other in the word. You're holding each other accountable. Yeah. You're really trying to invest on that really personal. So these are like, you're sharing your, the intimate details of your life with these people. Yeah. I think of this as like the, the training group, you know, like this is like, if you were to think about it in, in the world of like, you know, health and stuff like, like, you know, the small group would be people that you would like go out to dinner with. But like this group is the group that you go to the gym with, you know, these are the people that are like helping you get, get to, to really intentionally grow in your own personal walk with the Lord. Um, and do, and, and doing that together. I mean, it's the iron sharpening iron. It's really intentional. It can be a little bit intense. I think some people, um, shy away from this because of how, um, invested it is and how listen but i want to tell you if you want to see your spiritual growth uh, yes. grow in ways you've never seen get in a yeah. d group because yeah. you will a group that is really honest about 
about your faith because you will be challenged. And if you really will hold each other accountable, you will see yourself grow in ways. You will. You will. And so it's like, just do it. You know, you will grow. Um, Don't be afraid of it. Uh, Just throw yourself into it and know that uh, when you've got a group of of guys or a group of ladies and meeting together, really helping each other, man, it's so much, it's so worth it. Mm, It's always worth it. I also added serving to this list because Mm. I really think that this is a part of, of the community and what it means to be a disciple. I think it's not just getting together and studying God's word and holding to your accountable. It's, it's doing things, going on mission, serving in the church, serving in the community, doing things together. And I love how much like when we have, um, our food pantry, or we mm-hmm. have, um, you know, like teenagers that help out in different aspects with our nursery or VBS or, um, or visiting like <laughs> shut-ins, right? And things like that, yeah, yeah, doing all of those kind of ministry stuff. Like we're serving together, and that's a pro- part of their discipleship. That's yeah. seeing them grow and encourage, you know, each other in that. That's that's true religion, right? right. I mean, what, what true religion is to go and 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 visit the orphans and visit the widows and to take care of the poor. Um, you know, like if we are just consuming the word of God and mm-hmm. growing in our own personal righteousness, but then we're not actually living that out. Well, then we're not actually righteous, you yeah. know, right? we're not actually like Jesus, you know, Jesus cared for, for the, the lowly. Yeah. Right. And so if Christians are not caring for the lowly, um, then, then we're not growing as disciples. And so we have to be serving and that starts, you know, you can start serving in the church. There are people, you know, we're there, there are people in the church that need to be served. Um, and then there are people outside the church that need to be served. And those, you know, those go hand in hand. Yeah. So why do you, why do you think though, that we need all four of these things to grow as a disciple and not just, you know, it's like, there are many people that they go to church mm-hmm. or they go to life group, but why, why should we push or, or these people that go to church and they serve, yeah. but they're not in a life group, you know, or, you know, the rarest is, yeah. is a D group. Why are all four of these important? Well, I think it's like, why are our, why is it important to have all four tires on your car? <laughs> that's right? a good analogy. You know, like be, because that's the design, you know, Jesus, yeah. Jesus wants these aspects to be a part of our well, life. Well, and I think, and, and there was a, uh, there was a book that came out by Dennis Swansburg, which is a Christian comedian called the man code. And mm-hmm. it was directed towards men, but I think it's applicable as you look at the life of Jesus, where it was the, you know, the first number is one, which is your relationship with God. Mm. Then it was three, which would be like your D group. Jesus had his yeah. three. Yeah. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. Those were guys we he see, really yes. invested mm-hmm. in. Then he mm-hmm. had the 12. That's like your small group. That's right. Then he had the 120. Yep. And that's kind of like your church that's right. group, you know? We and then see he, it in the life of Christ. Right. I mean, that's what he lived. And then it talks about the 3,000 is the last number, and that's kind of your community, like your your city that you live in and how you invest and in, in serve those people. That's exactly right. And so I love that model because it's so simple and it looks at the life of Jesus. And I think if we would just do those things, if we would worry about our relationship to the Lord, our D group, our life group, our church, our community. Yeah. You know, if we would look at those things and how we invest and how we how we shape and mold our time that's right. and prioritize those things, we would grow as a disciple and we would make disciples. Man, that's awesome. That that's you know, I, one of my favorite books is The Master Plan of Evangelism. Yes. And uh and and it's really like all about discipleship. Yes. Which, you know, it's funny. Um, but that's what he's talking we about. We did that. We talked, yes, we we talked, talked through, through that, that one. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's exactly the point. What you just said is is Jesus did these things because that's the whole, that's like how life is to be lived. It's the healthy, it's the healthy pattern of living life together 
and with the Lord. So let's do that, right? Um, so let's talk about the discipleship experience. Yes. Okay, let's get into some personal stuff. L- let me ask you this question, though. Do you think most people have been discipled in a one-on-one or a, or a D-group setting? No, I don't think so. Or or if they have, they didn't know it was happening. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think many people have ever experienced a, a one-on-one or like a, a group of three being really intentional about growing in their faith together and helping each yeah. other do that. Um, but what about you? Do you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, or? I do agree. I, I And the ones I have seen people have participated in that, it, it's hard to reproduce that, you yeah. know? And yeah. so you really need people to get on fire for the Lord to say, I see value in this and I want to, so I'm in this group of three for like, a year. Yeah. And then after this, guys, you need to go find your group. Yeah. And you need to start another group. And that it 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 can multiply and we can make disciples in that way. But it only works if people are really dedicated to the Lord, you know? Yeah. I, I've I've seen this in my in my life and um, you know, it's funny, it just takes one person mm. to really start things. Um, but but I think sometimes we think if I've done it one time, then I don't have to do it anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's it's a it's a thing that you keep doing. But yeah. but what about like your personal experience? Yeah. How, how has this come into your life, mm-hmm. this idea of being discipled intentionally? Yeah, I think a lot of the discipleship that I had early on, especially like in in uh, high school, was not necessarily formal or intentional. Like right. I went to some we had some discipleship classes in our, um, in our youth group, you know, Mm -hmm. like we had youth group and then there were some other like, like discipleship classes that we had going on. And so I was encouraged in that way of like kind of growing in my faith. And like, I did some of that stuff in a kind of a, kind of a group setting. It wasn't like a small group type thing, but you know, as I, as I went into college, I began to try to invest in the teenagers that I was serving with and I did some one-on-one or two on, you know, I had a couple of teenagers and I would take them through a book study or something, trying to talk to them about their faith and, and work through that. But it wasn't really till I went to college that I had someone like invest in me and like meet with me once a week and really like challenge me in uh, scripture and, yeah. and memorizing scripture and uh, accountability and things like that, you know? Yeah. And so I really didn't have that formal kind of, kind of one-on-one extra was me and another guy meeting with our, our college pastor. And so that like, that was kind of that formal time and that yeah. really taught me. And so from there, I really took that and like, okay, now I need to go meet with people. I need to make disciples. And I've tried to have a pattern of that in my life. Yeah. It hasn't always worked exactly the way I want, but I'm always trying to have someone that I'm discipling, um, you know, in in some kind of relationship ongoing. I think that's a good point. Like sometimes, you know, we think of this as being a formal, like sit down meeting and sometimes it is, and sometimes that's what it needs to be. Um, but other times it's not, Mm -hmm. I know for me, the way it really started was actually with, uh, one of our youth leaders, he was a parent, uh, in, in the youth group. We didn't have a youth pastor at that church that I was at. And, um, and he was, he was, a uh, he worked out a lot. He was military, um, guy and, uh, man, I just, I just love this guy. And he was like, Hey, you want to come work out with me? And I was like, uh, yes. And, uh, and that's how I started. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned how to work out. But man, while we were working out, we talked about everything. Mm-hmm. We talked about life. We talked about marriage. He talked about raising his kids who were like in the youth group with me. Um, I was a little older than them. Um, he was one of my youth leaders. So we just talked about 
God's call in life. I mean, it was so good for me. And I learned, I learned practical real life things about working out and, you know, mm-hmm. self-defense, all sorts of stuff. But then I learned how to be a man of God mm-hmm. who just is living life. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And it wasn't, it wasn't formal. We were just in the gym. Um, but it was happening to me without me really knowing. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college, I had never had these like formal meetings, but I became an RA, mm-hmm. um, a resident advisor. And, and we had to have, we had to have group RA meetings. So the guy RAs and the girl RAs, we all had to meet together and talk about things. Then we had to have another meeting uh, with just the guy RAs. And then we had to have a meeting with the, the each individual RA had to have a meeting with the uh, uh, RD, the resident director. Okay. Mm. So every week, you know, we had these three meetings and the meetings were not so much about, they were about policies, some, but, mm-hmm. but especially the one-on-one and the the guy RA meeting, mm-hmm. that was really just discipleship meetings. Yeah. They were really, because, you know, Bible college, um, that was just discipleship and yeah. it forced me to have it. And at first I didn't like it because I was like, dude, get out of my life. Right. You know? Yeah. I really didn't like it, but I ended up that the, the first RD that I met with, man, he, he ended up like, I still love that guy. He he spoke so much into my life. Yeah. The one after him, the same thing. Um, and I was like, I, I became so convinced how important mm-hmm. discipleship and small discipleship groups are because of how much I grew. I just saw the evidence in what God did in my life. Yeah. So so have you have you tried to have a pattern of disciple making in your life? I just stopped after that. Okay. So no, right. that's good. <laughs> no, that's been that has been everything. Like I, you know, part of the reason why, like we do, we have a student leader team. Mm-hmm. These are the yeah high schoolers in our youth group can come be student leaders. They do practical stuff. They help clean things. Yes. They do all that. Mm-hmm. But really what we're doing is discipleship. Yeah. And so like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with them and giving them a burden to do the same thing. Well, I don't know. You've met with people, whether it's a youth leader or a student, you know, oh, one-on-one, yeah. you know, oh, you yeah. meet with them. Uh, we've invested in like our interns and things yep. and that, that's all that's discipleship. All, that's all what we're talking about. It's all <clears throat> yeah. the same thing. We're sometimes you know, I've had time. experience where sometimes I've had people come to Christ and I disciple them. Yeah. Sometimes it's people that have been a Christian for a while. They just never have been discipled and yeah. they've never met with someone and they've never kind of, kind of talked through that process. Uh, and so I'm always trying to find someone, at least one person that I'm, yes. that I'm meeting with, uh, on a regular basis. And so I've got a man in our church that has come to me that wants to meet. And so I'm, I'm starting that. And I'm really excited because I actually, to be honest, uh, we had an intern over the summer that I yeah. was meeting with yeah, and uh, trying to encourage her. And, and she's a studying for ministry. And so a lot of our discipleship was in the area of like leadership, you yeah. know, and yeah. like what church work looks like and stuff like that. And so I was really encouraged uh, by that. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but this will be more like, this will be more like, discipleship accountability yeah getting yeah. in god's word stuff like that yeah i'm excited for you and 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 for that guy i know he's excited too and and i'm looking forward to whatever opportunities the lord's going to throw my way yeah uh, mm-hmm. i know there will be new but you know i i like this you have here you you ask the question do do i ascribe or do we ascribe to yeah. this method some people talk about this method of the barnabas paul and timothy method yeah it's like sort of like an ongoing yeah so yeah. it's like talking about someone who's pouring into your life encouraging you like say you're paul yeah 
you, you have a Barnabas that is encouraging you, that's pouring into your life, and then you also have a Timothy where mm-hmm. you're getting to pour into somebody. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? So do you do you agree with that? I'm asking you. Okay, I will answer. <laughs> so the way I, because I, I love, I actually love this. It, it is, I, to me, it's a very helpful thing. I don't ascribe to it. Um, I'm just kidding. Great. I well, do. Here we get to, we get to, <laughs> we're going to debate. Uh, it's going to get real. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I, I know, like I know you did. Well. We talked about this before. I, so normally the way I like, you know, everyone, you know, we all like, well, I'm Paul in this scenario. So, okay, let's just say you are. Um, so, um, well, actually, no, here's, here's the way it really is supposed to be for you. You are you, and you're supposed to have a Paul in your life who is pouring into your life. You need somebody else who's a, a few stages ahead in life or, or maybe just more mature as a Christian to help you walk that out, to see, to live that out, you know? So we all need a Paul in our life. Um, we all need a Timothy, somebody who is younger, uh, less mature, somebody that we are trying to invest in as well. And then we need a Barnabas. We need somebody who's beside us, encouraging us, who's just a, a peer and a friend. And, and there's times where we encourage them and we are teaching them. And there's times where they're encouraging us and they're teaching us and that, but you're, you're kind of walking that journey together. Yeah. I heard, I, once again, I heard Jeff Orge, uh, from, from Gateway Seminary. He talked about this and he kind of fleshed this out, not in the Paul Timothy Barnabas, but he talked about, you know, you need a mentor, you need a colleague, you need a friend, yeah. and you need a mentee. You need somebody you can pour into. And right. so he talked about uh, those kind of different roles in your life. And as a pastor, you need all of those. Now, I would say every Christian needs needs that. You need someone that you that is pouring into your life. And it may not be like a form. That, that may be, depending on where you're at, it right. may, that may not be a formal relationship. It may not be you meet with this person on a regular basis. It right. might. It might. But, but it may not. It may just be someone that you can call a Christian brother or a Christian sister, depending on if you're a man or woman, that, that has been there for you, that has helped you. Maybe a former person that has discipled you. Yeah. But you know you can call them because they're there for you and you, they can help you. Yeah. And then you need it. You need someone that you're working in ministry alongside, you know, you need a friend, uh, for pastors, especially you need a friend that's not at your church, not yes. in ministry yes. that you can talk to because, uh, there are struggles that you go through that you need somebody that's outside of your church to give you a good perspective That's right. to make sure you're thinking the right way. And then you do need someone you can pour your life into. Everyone needs to be pouring their life, discipling, mentoring, whatever, somebody. Well, it's like they say, you know, a, a pool of water that's not flowing is stagnant mm-hmm. or is, is dirty, right? And so, so you need people pouring into, into your you pool and you need to pour, pour, pour into out. others. Yeah. So, you know, those are all just analogies. So they're like a fountain. Is it basically. Okay. There is a fountain. So don't be a, no. don't be a pool, um, be a fountain. Be a fountain. There, there you, you go. go. Hey, that's good. You yeah. need to write a book. I like um, it. So, so that's, we hope that's all helpful, but here's the thing. This is where we really want to get into yes. this, right? This is what we want to talk about, the challenge, okay? Um, everybody, maybe not everybody, I, I would say many of our listeners mm-hmm. already know everything we've already said. Yes. Right? And we've talked about it before. So what are we really trying to say? We're trying to say, listener, you need to grow in your faith. Yes, yes. Right? We're challenging you to grow in your faith, and and in the same way, we're challenging ourselves. We're oh, absolutely. We need to constantly grow, and yeah, and we're not. We're faith. not. It's not like right. we've arrived or something. But but we're challenging you to grow in your faith. Listen, if you've not been discipled, you need to find someone to disciple you. Yeah, find an older uh, or more mature believer to yeah. walk alongside you and just be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I'm not 
you could be 40, you could be 50 years old. I'm not where I yeah. need to be in my spiritual maturity. I need to know what it means to follow Christ. And you find someone to help you in that. Yep. Now, if you have been discipled, or some people can even skip skip that because maybe they've been they're mature enough in their faith or they've they've kind of been unintentionally discipled. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what maybe I'm saying? you haven't had the formal discipleship, but you've you've really had all these things we're talking about. Right. Yeah. So you need to start discipling. Yeah. You need to be finding someone that you can pour into. And maybe it's somebody, once again, maybe it's somebody that uh, you can lead to the Lord and disciple them. Or maybe it's just somebody in church that is immature in their faith and you need to walk beside them. Yeah. And it needs to be a regular ongoing meeting, not forever and ever right, and ever, right, right. but you meet with them once a week, mm-hmm. once every other week, and you're you're working towards something. You have some sort of plan. Yeah. Now, and you might be sitting there saying, wow, I, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. I love the one day ahead method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. if you just stay one day ahead of the person you're, you're mentoring, you know, where it's like, you don't have to be you don't have to be all the way down the road, man, I'm so learned and I know the Bible right. and I know the stuff. Yeah. You just like, whatever you're reading that week, you're just ahead of them. That's right. Like by one day, literally yeah. by one day. Yeah. I mean, it and is, you're it's growing like together. going on a journey and you're just, you're just the hiker in front, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. You're leading the way. That's yeah. right. Uh, I love the SOAP method, mm-hmm. you know, scripture, account, uh, scripture, outreach, accountability, prayer. Mm. That's the method that I was used in college yeah. with my college pastor. We, we, he gave me something to read every week, mm-hmm. read, read, was reading through the Bible, memorized scripture. Uh, he did, he talked to me about outreach. Who yep. am I reaching out to? Who am I sharing the gospel with? Who am I trying to, to disciple accountability? What things are I struggling with? Um, and how could I be encouraged in that? Be challenged in that? And then prayer. Yeah. And that's a super simple method. Yeah. So I know you have a different SOAP method. Yeah, SOAP is, for me is a Bible study method. Yeah, it's yeah. scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Yeah. Um, but but hey, you know, like just use SOAP in two different ways and, and you're and you're super duper clean. And use SOAP, yeah, when you're in the shower. <laughs> um, I love the series that Robbie Gallaty has come up with. You know, they're really big. He, he wrote a book called Rediscovering Discipleship. And I really love that book because it's all of these concepts we talked about. So yeah. if you're a pastor... If you're a church leader and you're like, hey, I want to read more on what they're talking about, go yeah. get Rediscovering Discipleship. It's phenomenal. It, yeah. It's just super basic is, on all the really, stuff we're really talking good. about. Mm-hmm. But he wrote a series of books to be used in discipleship. Mm-hmm. And the first one is Growing Up and then Firmly Planted. And I don't have the third one here with me, um, but I think it has some kind of plant uh, analogy, plant analogy, because yeah. the third book is bearing fruit. Yeah, I just there you go. Yeah, the book see, here. there you go. Boom. And what you could do is literally, if you're discipling somebody, you could get these three books and say, "Let's go through these books." Yeah. And then it's a challenge there for you to say you're going to get a D group of or one one on one, or it could be a group of three. You say we're going to go through these books together, and that would help you to know what it means to be a disciple maker yeah. and encourage them to grow to in their faith and, be and to be disciple makers. makers. Yeah. And so those are really good resources that you can you can look at to start discipling someone. Yeah, man, th- those are so good. We I really hope people are, are hearing that. We're giving you resources, but listen, man, we we just really need people to grow and become leaders in discipleship. We, we need people to take on the task, right? Yes. Like so many people have everything that they need to do all the things 
They just need to do it. Yeah. They just need to decide. They well, need to make the decision to say, I am going to lead a small group. I right. am going to be committed. I am going to give myself to this. And I'm going to take on the the discomfort of of growing. And that's the thing. Normally, uh, discipleship, maturity and discipleship leads you to leading out in areas. Like we need small group leaders. Like right. our church. Our, I'm saying our church yeah. needs small group leaders. Yes. We, If you're with our church, we need you to pray about being a small group leader. Yes. Because... There is a great need in our church for small group leaders. And listen, you don't have to be, I'm not saying a small group teacher. You don't have to be a refined teacher. Right. Our small group leaders are discussion facilitators. So you, you do a little study. We provide a study guide. Uh, you listen to the sermon. You, you know, you can do a little extra reading if you want, you know, but you're really, dis- you're really facilitating discussion. And here's the big thing. You're a community builder. Right. You're building a community. You're helping facilitate that in that group to say, okay, we are depending, we're loving, we're caring, we're, we're challenging one another. I think so many people look at other uh, teachers and life group leaders and think, well, I can't do that. And it's like... What made you think that they could like when when you know they're like, normal people? They're just they're just like you. They're not and, superheroes. And so if if you have any maturity in Christ, if you have any growth in Christ, then like, what do you think God's? What do you think Christ is growing you to do? Right. You know, to just be taller. You know, like right. that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. He 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 wants you to then invest in other people. You can do these things. Well, that's what he, we just talked about. You. These episodes, the one we did before about answering the call of God, these kind of go, they go together. hand in hand yeah. because you can't answer the call of God unless you're uh, a disciple walking mm-hmm. in the ways of the Lord. And, you know, God may be calling you to something greater. He may be calling you to ministry or missions or to be a deacon or an elder. Uh, I don't know. I, it's yeah. just, you can't, know what God is calling you to unless you're walking in his way. But I know God wants us to excel in discipleship. He wants yeah. us to to grow closer to him, to follow him greater. And 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 overall, our mission is to make disciples. Yeah, Our mission as believers is to make disciples. Yeah. There's no way around it. I mean, you read the verse earlier. You cannot... You cannot uh, do anything else but just say, hey, I know that Christianity is to be a disciple maker. Oh, yeah, yeah, Matthew 28. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it's all about. Man, so, yeah, as we wrap this up, like, I, I think you have this verse in here that's super mm-hmm. important. This is something that the church has always faced, right? Yes. Um, Christians in the early church had the same problems. Immature believers, okay? Listen to this. This this might really challenge some people. I know it challenges me, and it keeps me motivated to keep going, right? Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. But about this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Yeah, I I really think this is important because Christians were they were not mature, they were not able to resist temptation and the trials of their day. And they should have been growing. He says here, you ought to be teachers. Mm-hmm. You ought to have grown in your faith to where you are teaching, you are discipling, you are helping others. But you can't because you have not grown. You are immature in your faith. 
And so I have to continue to give you milk. He's talking about milk being like the easy, uh, boiled down truths mm-hmm. of God's word, mm-hmm. you know, the soundbite <clears throat> gospel stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, you should be on meat. Yeah. You know, you, you should, you should be able to digest the, 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 the theology and the, and the, the word of God and the, the, the good stuff there. And you know, it's funny. I think we, we, in our modern church, we have two problems. We have spiritual babies mm-hmm. and then we have really mature lazy people. Mm. And I know that sounds Ooh. really harsh. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I promise. But listen, some people just need to grow up. They're really, they want to do stuff, but they need to grow up. And then there's other people, you know, everything, you know what you need to know. And you just need to be a teacher. You just need to be a leader. You need to just step into the role that God is actually wanting you to do and stop just sitting around. Preach, preach it. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think, I think, uh, they may be spiritually mature having the knowledge, but they're not spiritually mature yeah, exactly. because they're not they're not living out their exactly. faith. Exactly. And I would encourage people, don't be spiritual babies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't stay in your infancy like, oh, uh, you know, the pastor, he's got to feed me every week. Right. Like, yeah, right. we go to worship because we want to be fed. We want to yeah. experience God. But, like, that is not. That's the, not healthy. Babies should not need bottles for the rest of their lives. Right. right? They need right. to start eating something. So it's like if you if that's all you ever get, if that's all you ever it's just like, hey, Sunday morning, I'm there. Right. But you're not in God's word other times. You're not you're not having people invest in you or you're not investing in others, then you're missing out. You're missing out. Yeah. yeah. So grow in your faith. We need mature disciples like never before. That's right. I mean, if we're gonna face this age, I mean, every age has mm-hmm. had this challenge, but if we're gonna face this age and and continue to share the gospel and continue to make disciples and continue to do what God has called us to do to uh to to grow the kingdom of God then we've got to grow up. That's right. We've got to grow up. Yeah, we do. So, man, you know, a, a listener, if this is if this is hard to hear, if you're if you are uh, challenged by this, we we just want to let you know, like we've been there too, and and we we get there often. We have to, you know, Brian. This is and challenging I, to me right cha- now. Yeah, I know. Like we we challenge each other all the time, and it's and it's just a reminder to us to keep moving forward. Some of you, maybe you are doing these things. Maybe you are living this out. Man, don't stop. Keep going. Be continue. Don't stop. Excel still more. Right. So um so we just hope that this is an encouragement, mm-hmm. a challenge, and an encouragement. We are for you. Um, we're not we are not uh, you know saying anything to be negative towards you, um, but we want you to be built up and to be strong in That's right. the Lord. That's right. So we hope that that is the case, and uh, and we just pray that you would go to the Lord and talk to Him about right. what you're doing in your life. Yep. So that's good. There's all that we've said. What I think we need to say. Yep. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you, we'll next, see you next time. time. get in the car take off you're like in the restroom you're like what am i gonna do <laughs> oh i can drop you off it's not a big deal you. i appreciate that. we gotta go we're on the clock now discipleship <laughs>